You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. exciting news. I built an app. I know, right? Crazy. It's called the one-on-one app where we help you become 1% better together. It's an app that helps you break down your goals, achieving your habits and incremental steps. And it helps you celebrate your progress and your momentum with streaks, check-ins, milestones. And with our multi-dimensional approach to a balanced lifestyle, we really help you become 1% better together. So go download it. It's a free app. It'll be linked below. It's only for iOS right now. We're working on getting it in Google Play. But I really believe that this is a -a one-of-a-kind mental health and wellness app that is truly groundbreaking. To give you some like perspective, it's like Noom, but for habit building. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm really excited to get your feedback. So if you download it, you enjoy it, leave us a review. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. Hello, everyone. I've missed you guys so much. I know it's been a couple of weeks, been a little sporadic with these uh, episodes. So I promise top of the new year, my goal is to get back on our weekly cadence. But right now, just recording when I can. A lot of really great things have happened over the last couple of weeks. First and foremost, I've made a really, really scary but exciting decision to leave her first 100K. I needed to really focus on the one-on-one app. Things are going really, really well. We're working on fundraising. We're expanding the team and things are just moving really fast. And I am just in that spirit of being ready to really, really invest in myself and bet on myself. I just wanted to really share that because I know there are some of you who have reached out to me talking about being in similar positions. So if you're thinking about it, if the stars aligned, if you feel energetically like it makes sense, I encourage you to do it. And also, in other exciting news, I found out I'm going to be a dad. Sounds kind of crazy to say out loud. Uh, My wife's really early, but we're so, so, so excited. And so (laughs) with those two big, big developments, I bet you can give me a little empathy in terms of just not being on a weekly cadence with these episodes. But hey, we're back. And I'm really, really excited to dive into today's conversation with Lauren Van Wald. She actually reached out to me. She is a life and career coach who specializes in burnout. And I thought, wow, what a great episode to align with getting our mindsets ready to plan for next year, but also to wind down the rest of this year. I know you're going to get a lot of value from Laura. She's wonderful. Now on to the episode. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. How's your day going? Uh, You know, it's kind of a rainy, dreary day out. So having this on the books actually really helped me. Love that. No, I think it's also super fitting. I felt the same way just about the topic we're talking about, which is burnout and coaching people through that, especially as we crawl, cry our way to the end of the year. Hopefully, some of our listeners are skipping and joyous and really finding their synergy to the end of the year. But I thought this was such a fitting episode to kind of round out the year. So excited to dive in. Before we get to that, some of the key messaging that you have, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Laura Von Waldy, and I am a career and burnout coach. Currently live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm always open for that to change. And I actually got started on this journey through what I like to call my own young life crisis, where I thought if I just worked harder and did all the things and got the dream job, everything would finally just click into place. And 
I would arrive at a place of happiness and contentment and financial stability. And none of those things ended up being true. The deeper and harder I looked for those things to make me happy, the more burnt out I became. All the band-aids I tried along the way did not get me out of burnout. So now I want other women to heal their burnout faster, to see that their career is not their identity, and that's a really key piece of my work, and really just fall back in love with their lives where they're at right now, even though it's probably not perfect. That's such important messaging, and I think something, unfortunately, a lot of us have to learn the hard way. And I so appreciate you creating space and something that, as you were talking, I gravitated toward, which is like this ever-fleeting dream job. And when you start to kind of break down what that means, it's usually stability mixed with some form of flexibility. I'd love to talk a little bit more about this because I just turned 30 as of two weeks ago. My 20s was spent thinking 30 was going to be this big, grandiose celebration. We're going to come in. We're going to have everything figured out. We're having the dream, quote unquote, job, the dream salary, family, et cetera. But really, at the end of the day, what I learned is the dream job is really just this falsehood perpetuated by the patriarchy. And in fact, even if you get the dream job, it can be taken away, which I think can be even more detrimental. Talk to us about like, what is some of that reframing that you have to do with clients, especially those who are younger and are really focused on like, I need to find this dream job and really breaking that down in terms of what that means. The first thing that comes to mind for me and what I work on all of my clients with, whether they're entrepreneurs, they work in the corporate industry, they're young, they're old, they're middle-aged, all the ages, is to untangle career from identity. I think even from when we're very young, this is a big part of the patriarchy. This is how we serve the world. This is how we attain. That's actually very normalized through our culture, right? It's a prized thing to say, I'm a workaholic, or I just love my job. I'm, I just have good work ethic. And those things are all important, but they're not everything that you are. We have to stop normalizing that as a culture and in order to do that, we first have to stop normalizing it for ourselves. So becoming kind of that rebel a little bit because you're going to run across people that are very triggered by that idea. And it couldn't be more true. And I would be remiss to say if I had figured that out. I feel like it's better some months than not. Some months I feel like my identity is my work because that's what I'm doing most of the time. I found that creating balance and also your partner, like my wife is great with giving me that balance. But it's a struggle because, again, your stability is tied a lot of the time to that job, which ultimately becomes a thing you solely focus on. So what have you found, just as examples? I know it'll be different for everyone. I think for me, it's always making time and spending time with family and friends, traveling. Like, those are the things outside of work that I really love to do. But, like, on average, like, how do you start to really start to remove, I guess, your attachment to career being your identity? I just feel like that is such a hard thing to do. So. I do this through three primary ways. First and foremost, nothing will make it easier, but these are the three categories of tools that I like to use. Trauma resolution. So that's your fight, flight, fawn, freeze. I can say all of them again and again. And mindset work. So really reframing the thoughts that come up because so many of us are unaware of where those thoughts are even leading us. What the next thought is behind that one. And then the third one is emotional regulation. 
not only making peace with our thoughts, but making space for those emotions because so many times the body is actually reacting before our mind has a chance to process. And we'll put those thoughts on top of our body's reactions and call that emotion. Wow. As opposed to what it actually feels like, what the experience is, which gives us an opportunity to actually catch it faster. So using those three tools, it actually provides you quite a bit of structure and also the individuality of like, where are you at today? What do you specifically need in order to untangle your career and identity? And the big one that I see over and over again is making sure your self-worth is not based in productivity. Mm, man, okay. I want to come back to that in a second because that's that's a big one. I wanted to share this piece because I love this quote where it says, we give away pieces of ourselves every day. We give pieces to society, employers, communities, spouses, children, parents, and our own perceived stories. We give so many pieces away that we end up with nothing. And as you kind of went through those three items, it's so true. Like, when would you have time to sit down and actually go through these things? So that's why I think your services are actually super valuable. <laughs> Myself, I'm like uh, getting ready to schedule a call um, because I think it's super important. And I think an area where I'll get a little vulnerable here is I 100% associate at least part, if not most of my worth with how productive I am, how much revenue I can produce because at the end of the day, that's how I support my family. So... Let's talk about that because I know that a lot of listeners are probably in that same boat of like, well, okay, Laura, like in theory, that sounds great, but like at the end of the day, I have to go to work tomorrow and I don't want to, and it's taking a lot of my time. So how do we start to take some of our own power back? What are some ways we can start to address that conversation? I think that's a beautiful question. And I first am kind of drawn to addressing that financial piece that you mentioned because I think it's actually really easy for people to get lost on either side of that equation, which is that... That sounds so amazing, but I don't have enough money to get through the day-to-day, -day, so I obviously can't feel better day-to-day. -day. I've got to grind. I've got to hustle. And the other side of that is, is like, well, I have money. I am financially stable. And in order to sustain that, this is what I have to do. So I've seen both sides of that. And the really important thing here is that finances can be taken away at any time. We've lived through recessions. We've seen layoffs. I mean, there's so many things that happened during COVID and industries that were impacted to this day. Finances are only as important as the stress and strain that you put on top of them. Oh, that's good. And I don't mean that in, you know, a condescending way necessarily. Obviously, we all need money. I need money. I'd love some more, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there is a baseline that we all need to get through the day-to-day, -day, but it's about how much energy you're also giving that money. If you are making plenty of money, then you're not supporting your family that way. You're meeting baseline needs. The support that you give them is totally different. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I've had a lot of conversations just in passing about that exact thing where it's like, if I'm providing from a financial support, my job's done. But actually, with millennials, Gen Z, the kind of even Gen Alpha, the kind of new mindset, as you will, is like actually quality time and getting to know the individuals in your household, supporting them not only from a financial perspective, but to the three points you brought up earlier, trauma, mindset, emotion. But if we don't do that for ourselves, how the hell are we going to do that for everyone else? And I think that's what millennials and even Gen X is working through because most of our parents never really did that. So this can seem like a giant mountain, not only with just tackling your emotions, but also bringing in finances. 
So if I'm someone that's like, feels like maybe I'm thinking about wanting to do coaching, but maybe I feel like I'm not even ready. Like what are some easy kind of like step one that people can do, actionable things people can do to start to kind of address this and take that first step up the mountain? The first is obviously grab a call with me because you don't have to buy <laughs> yes. anything from me. I'm just lovely to speak to. Absolutely. The second is visit my website. I actually have a lot of blog posts on there now that'll actually help you work through some of these steps and kind of ascertain. I also have a quiz on there that helps identify if you're actually just stressed out or burnt out, which is a really important differential. As soon as you kind of know where you're at on the spectrum, you actually get more opportunity there to assess what to do next. And then the next piece is please, please, please find a way that you are worthy and valuable right now today. Maybe today is the crappiest day you've had all week. Maybe you are just grinding into the holidays. I like to call it the holiday hustle, right? Yes. <laughs> we are going full force yes. right now. Maybe work yeah. is a little bit less, but the other loads are going to be heavier right now. The emotional load you're carrying is going to be heavier. So what ways do you feel valuable? Oh, I absolutely love that. I think that is such a beautiful way to reframe what we're thinking about here. And as a side, that's definitely something that I will take as an action item after this is to identify that for myself. I want to dig a little bit deeper in terms of stress versus burnout. Because when you said that, I was like, I feel like they're so closely correlated, but you have a great point that they're two completely different things. So how do you look at the two and I guess diagnose accordingly? So it's important to know where you're at first and foremost, because that's going to determine what's effective for you. So for example, you'll talk to a lot of career coaches that are like, self-care is the answer, right? Massages and, you know, more quality time and vacations. And then when you get to the level of burnout, those things are no longer impactful. They're not going to make much of a difference. Maybe you'll see like a very temporary, a couple of days that feel lighter, maybe a week if you can squeeze that much out of it. But long-term, you're going straight back into the same pattern. So it's really important you identify where you're at. Usually, when we're looking at stress and burnout on a spectrum, the differences there are time. So how long are we actually exposing ourselves to prolonged stress? We're looking at the chronic exposure to stress, and then we're looking at the level of it. Obviously, not all burnout comes from the workplace. A lot of caregivers suffer from burnout. Right now, you can even be burnt out from your family and need a break, right? But it's usually not that prolonged period of time. When you start to stretch that over a couple of months and you're still having that physical response, especially in your trauma responses, right? When you're having all of that adrenaline kind of free-floating, your body is now physiologically reacting in a different way. And it has to adjust how it's holding it. And that's where we usually see burnout and why it's so important to actually get some targeted help there. Because now you're untangling quite a bit as opposed to the stress level where there might be some more simple things you can do in order to prevent yourself from going into burnout. Yeah, I think that's such an important distinction because even just speaking really to like creators in this space, because I think the big epidemic that no one talks about is burnout within the creator economy, which is massive right now. And it almost feels like when I have these conversations that burnout is just a state of being. Like we've just created, and I say we because I've been in that where it's like, 
you don't really have time to address it, nor do you feel like it's worth addressing because at the end of the day, like I mentioned, you kind of have to just get back up and go again. What I found for myself is these little things in my Instagram bio, my personal pages, little, you know, I focus on the little things, little things add up to big things. For me personally, just adding some color there, like getting to the gym three times a week, I used to write as like a vanity metric. Like I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds. Really what I learned is it's a great way to give myself my own time to process, but really just to think about that next set, that next rep, that next thing, just get out of my head and back into the present moment. And that's done wonders for my burnout personally. And I at first use that as like a stress mechanism to like really relegate stress. But as you kind of break the two down, I'm like, wow, these are really two really different things. On the burnout side, I think especially with holiday, family is a huge thing right now. Setting boundaries, making sure that you're putting yourself first, um, especially as you feel kind of forced to come to a table you might not want to come to. So especially with just the holiday season, like what are some other methods that we can do to maybe relegate some of our burnout and maybe mitigate it so it's not as bad because we know it's going to get intense in the next couple months? Yeah, I... I think that's really actually very poignant right now. The other thing I would recommend is have a morning routine. For each one of my clients, this looks a bit different. The timing of it looks very different depending on their industries. But start with something that's amazing that's going on. That's going to happen today, right? Start your mindset out in a really uplifting way so that inevitably when you hit that snag in the middle of the day and you're like, this is a terrible day, (laughs) you're like, Actually, it's just a terrible moment. It's okay. But Laura, I I have nothing to start my day off positively. (laughs) Oh, don't you? (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) I'm being devil's advocate. (laughs) Yeah. Like for you specifically, I could name a few things that might be happening, but I won't. I won't. I'll cut you a break. For some of my clients, this looks as simple as like, I'm going to start my day out with five minutes of silence. Mm, Yeah. I'm going to put on my most hyped fucking song and dance around the room for two minutes. And trust me, I love a dance party. So get in there. It just like (laughs) uplifts me every time. I love that. It could be even as something as simple as like my dogs are driving me crazy, but they're really soft. So like, let me just like play with them for a minute. And even if your world is like literally crumbling down all around you, you're going through a really challenging time. The holidays are also triggering for all of our griefs, all of our struggles, right? All of those things are also coming up right now. So I am honestly just grateful I woke up today and I'm going to try again. And I believe in myself. I trust myself to get through this. I don't have to make that big a deal about the holidays. You know, let me just go eat some turkey, call that a day. Maybe I'm going to put on a great Hallmark movie, right? There's all these tiny things, just like you said, Little things add up into big things. So taking those spaces that you have and really refocusing on yourself. I also highly recommend breath work. I think this is something that gets really lost a lot of times because it sounds super fancy. And it's like, what is breath work and all these counts? And I think all that is great. But if you can just get up in the morning and take three deep breaths before you get out of bed, you're already going to feel more stable than if you just like hop right into it. So much actionable stuff here. And I always try to bring a voice to the people that I constantly run into on my platform, which just are kind of shut down. Like just nothing's worked. This is just the way it is. So 
I really appreciate those little things that you just brought because I personally am going to enact the dance party because I think that's a wonderful idea. And uh, Lex is great at assisting with that. Considering your career journey and kind of where you're at today, like what made you want to break into doing burnout and, and stretch coaching? Like what was that moment like for you? I get a ton of questions when guests come on. Like how did they arrive at this point with such clarity? Like this is what I want to do. What did that journey look like for you? I absolutely fucking wish it looked like that because it sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing to wake up one day and be like, that's what I'm born to do. Exactly. It's not. For me, what happened was I quit my quote unquote big girl job. I went back into restaurants where I'd been working as a part-time job for five years. And I thought, well, it's easy. I won't take that home with me. That'll be fine. Actually made my burnout much, much worse. And I actually started doing some informational interviewing. So that's something that that I really like to recommend for my clients. You'd be shocked how many people are willing to spend 10 minutes with you talking about what they do. So I actually just started interviewing people. I started spending time with people whose jobs sounded curious that I never had a chance to explore when I was 18 and under the gun to just devote my entire life to something. So I kind of went back to the drawing board. I did all the things. I probably interviewed 10 to 15 people. One of those people happened to be a coach, but she was kind of more a consultant. She worked more in spiritual work, uh, leading into a bit of like energetics. And it wasn't really my vibe, but I liked the conversation. I liked the depth that you could get with people. So when I first started my coaching certification, I had no clue what I wanted to do. It wasn't through actually just offering free calls to people that I was like, this is it. This is the thing I should be doing. This is the thing that people aren't seeing with clear eyes because burnout does distort what we see. Just like you said, where it's like, you kind of feel disconnected from everything around you. There's also like a disassociation that happens with burnout where it's like, I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do about being stuck. And now you have no solutions. And I was in a lot of those industries and I felt just like that. And those are the moments that stuck with me. And like, that's the little girl I'm still helping, that you don't have to stay there. As I got deeper and deeper into this work, I just fell more in love with it. I love that. And really what stood out aside from just that really contagious commitment that you made is the little things you did. And I always try to harp on that and it gets lost all the time. Even when I do in-person speeches and talks, everyone focuses on the big, sweeping, cool, big things. Everyone kind of glances over how big of an impact one 10-minute conversation can have. So I really appreciate that and encourage anyone to do that because this is a cornerstone of what we talk about here at Unstucked is really around taking those small actions and those small actions leading to big things. As you look forward now, when you, you know, I dare to ask, that I always, I've like... I used to ask the five-year, and now I'm like one to three years just because the world is crazy. Like, what are you looking forward to and what are you trying to expand into as you continue to do this great work? So I love that you scaled that down because I would have no way to predict where I would be five years from now because even a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to predict where I am now. And I'm super grateful for that. That actually feels really good to me. Honestly, one to three years, I know for a fact I will still be doing this work. Mark my words look me up. And I want to get into more public speaking, something that I've just introduced in my business in probably the last eight months or so. 
I'm looking at expanding my reach to more people. Um, that's something that I'm currently working on now. And then I know you and I have talked about a little bit before that there, there's a book somewhere in the works. We'll see when it comes out. Love that. No, I absolutely love that. And I think it's so important, all the work we're doing. And we'll definitely be talking to you more about book and whatnot. But if any of you guys are interested in working with Laura, I'll definitely include all of the links below. Laura, I love to just end off with, is there anything else you want to leave the audience before we, we wrap up here? Yeah, so one of my missions and focuses this year is actually to be able to reach more people, both financially and resource-wise, so that more people can actually get the support that they need. One way in which I have done that is I've just launched my new membership. So for the first 10 people, reach out, tell me you heard me on this incredible podcast, and I'll give you the first month on me. Because I really honestly think these tools can help absolutely everybody, no matter what price point, what finances you're bringing in, what salary you're bringing in, maybe the debt that you're bringing in with you. I know that can be really stressful, but I fully believe that during the holidays is a time to really, really reach out for support. So if all you do is take me up on the first free month, that's absolutely fine because it's one more month. You're going to go out there and kill it. Laura, thank you so much. All of Laura's links will be below. We'll definitely be including that offer in our newsletter as well. So definitely take advantage. Laura, thank you so much for spending this afternoon with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.